Well, good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, the program's designed for someone just like me. Because, you know, there's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily things that are soul-shaking. and It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is the best way to understanding. That is what this program is all about. Today's, today's guest is Wayne Lawrence, pastor of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. I have my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. And you can send your questions by email at any time to let's talk at kfuo.org or call in during the program. If you're in the St. Louis area, that's area code 314-8210850. Or anywhere in the lower 48, you can tol- call in toll-free at 1-800-730-2727. Pastor Lawrence, welcome back to yes. the front porch. <laughs> yeah. This is great. This is great. Great to be back. <laughs> Glad to have you, believe me. You know, I I had a horrible week last week, as, as you and several of the other pastors from this program are aware. Uh, one of the things I do for this program is I try to work out a schedule like two months in advance. Uh-huh. And so I sent out my schedule to all the pastors and then realized, oops, I made a mistake. Have to redo it. <laughs> send it out again. Oops, another mistake. Send it out again. Oops, another mistake. <laughs> Three times I had to revise that thing. <laughs> and I, I thank you for your email to me. You know, I finally, I, 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 the final email, I said something to the effect of, have you ever had one of those weeks when you want to go run screaming into the hills? <laughs> yeah. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, the thing was, you know, that week, there were a bunch of little things that had happened. Nothing real serious. Nothing. My world didn't collapse on me. It's just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. And I find myself starting to make mistakes. Mm, yeah. Things that I shouldn't be doing wrong. You know, I'm a professional broadcaster. I've been doing this for bloody near 50 years now. <laughs> I know how this is done. I know how it works. But the thing is, is I was just sort of overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads me to the question, what should the Christian do when they... <laughs> when they they hit that point when they're overwhelmed by the things that are going on around them. I mean, as I say, you know, in my case, it it wasn't anything earth-shaking. I didn't have a death in the family. I didn't yeah. have anything major happen. It's just a bunch of little things, one after the other. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah. yeah. And that happens. I know it happens to you. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, in fact, I think that this week was um, was one of those tough ones for me, just um, being on jury duty, you know, for three days in a row. And uh, you realize, wait a second, um, I had my schedule all planned differently. <laughs> you know, I had all these map out things that I'm going to get this done on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And all of a sudden, you know, here comes jury duty and it took away those three days. Mm-hmm. And uh, you feel like a, a derailed train. <laughs> yeah. you know? Now what do I do? Yeah. Now what do I do? You know, where do I pick up? You know, <laughs> or do I get the train back on the track? You know, and yeah, it's uh, um, it, it's not a good feeling. You know, it's not a good feeling. You you're frustrated and uh, um, you feel overwhelmed. You know, and uh, you know, you just need to relax again and you know, 
I guess that's where prayer comes in. <laughs> you know, that's where prayer comes in, where you stop and you say, Lord, you know, um, I sometimes treat time like it's like it's mine mm-hmm. and not realize that it's really yours, you know. Um, uh, there are these, you know, we in uh, we talk sometimes when we teach catechism class. We sometimes talk about the the three T's. Okay, you know, you have um, time, and you've got talents, and you've got treasures, and uh, these are the things that the Lord has given you um, to manage. You know, and you're supposed to manage them in a God pleasing way, um, and. Too often, um, we treat them like they're ours to do with as we please. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then we make them, you know, when people treat the things that God has given them as if it's theirs to do with as they please, they have a tendency to just make a complete mess of it. Oh, yeah. Or sometimes, you know, things happen in a way that reminds them that uh, it's not really yours. <laughs> you know, I remember my mother used to tell me, she used to say, oh, do you think that the breath you're breathing in and out is yours? Well, if you think it's yours, inhale and hold it. Don't let it go. <laughs> Your grandmother was a wise woman. Uh, I said, but I'll start to turn blue in the face. And she go, yeah, because it's not yours. You got to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I think sometimes we are reminded that um, these things are not really ours. And uh, um, we are just stewards. We are managers of um, the talent and the time and the treasures that the Lord has um, blessed us with. And uh, they are sometimes taken and used by him for something else. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I said, my plan was to um, was to use those three days for something else, and all of a sudden I realized, no, you're gonna use these three days for for jury duty. <laughs> you know, something for the community, right. and uh, um, that's just the way it, it ended up. Well, you spent those three days. Fulfilling obligation to the left-hand kingdom, which is, of course, ruled by God. Right, right. You know, those are his two kingdoms, the right and the left. And uh, I guess um, the Lord decided you're going to do something in the left-hand kingdom for the next three days. (laughs) Not what what you wanted to do, but... uh, And, and, you know, your actions, well, going on jury duty affected many other people. I know you told me, for example, uh, the jury people ask you, you know, what do you do for... What's your profession? Yes. Yeah, that was one of the questions. As soon as I'm trying to register, you know, mm-hmm. they go, you know, what do you do for a living? I go, I'm a pastor. They go, what church? I said, St. James. They go, what's your level of education? I said, Masters in Divinity. And then they want to know, what did my wife do for a living? So I said, she's a registered nurse. And they registered me up anyway. And... Uh, <laughs> Went in and, you know, they're asking all these questions. And I think, okay, well, they're going to disqualify me. I'm going to go home. And you find yourself, no, you're sitting on this jury for the next three days. But I'm sure, you know, you interacted with the other jurors, you know, and they... Yeah, and, well, they didn't have the same information that the court, oh, yeah. you know, has. But, um, but just what I, was, what I was trying to point out was that you lost three days out of your schedule in your life. And but- they did. Those three days were given to other people. Yes, to yes, them. yes, yeah. Because, you know, you sit there with the same people, mm-hmm. the jury, for, for three days. 
And it's amazing how, as you're sitting there with them and interacting, you find out, you know, that they are just as busy too. Um, one guy, they let us out early because it was his birthday and oh. um, his friends were planning this surprise party for him. So they let us go a little early one day. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize, yeah, they have busy, busy lives too. And uh, we end up, you know, just stuck together and getting to know each other and trying this, uh, um, listening to the evidence on this case and uh, rendering our verdict, you know. Um but yes, you know, our time um, really belongs to the Lord. And uh, um, you're right, sometimes we want it to go one direction and uh, it doesn't quite go the way we we plan it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And uh, you can feel um, overwhelmed. You can feel like a, a derailed train. And that's how I felt um, most of this week. And by the time I look around, I go, the week is almost over. And... Uh, just the next few days I have, I'm going to use it, I have to use it to gear up for Sunday, mm-hmm. you know. And I like being ready, you know, preparing from Monday. Oh. You know, you try to do all your exegetical work from Monday. And if you can meet with your pericopal study brothers on Tuesday, you want to do that. And, uh, you know, that the, the thinking started then, you know, but I ended up just starting late this week. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can certainly relate to um, the feeling, you know, that you are experiencing this, this feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, and you know, it's it's kind of funny, um, funny peculiar, not funny, haha, as my mother used to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think part of it is is God is reminding us of that we aren't fully in control and that we. Right, that he's in yeah, control. He's in control. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, I pride myself. As I say, I've been in this business for a long time. Yeah. And I pride myself on how I handle this thing professionally. How I handle this board, how I do my work. Yeah. And I have everything planned out. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, there's that other joke about, you know, if you, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> Yeah, you tell him your plans, and then you know he show you his. Yeah, and I think maybe that's part of the learning experience. Is uh, God is saying, you know, hey, you know, things are going to happen. You're not in control. I'm right. in control. Yeah, it'll all work out. But I'm in control, not you. I remember um, Doctor Monteufel, that was a member at our church for a while, for mm-hmm. a long time, and uh, sharing with us once about. Um, going through Holy Week and right in the middle of it, here comes a funeral. And uh, so you find, I think he found himself um, preparing for a funeral and the service at the same time. Oh, gee. Yeah, can you imagine if you, especially on Monday, Thursday, you could do a funeral in the morning and still end up doing your monitors the service the same evening. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh, that must be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens like that, you know, where um, if someone dies, um, you know, you, your plans just re- get rearranged for you. Because mm-hmm. um, now you're, you know, you're, you're trying to change gears. You know, yes, I have to st- still do monitors then Good Friday, but I still have... Um, a funeral on top of it to do, yeah. Well, when when these things happen, 
when you start to get overwhelmed, uh, how how should we respond to that? Because you know, you know, your mind is is wandering, and you're saying, "Oh, gee, how do I do this? How do I get that?" But how do you respond to that? How do you say, God, I understand what's going on here. Please grant me the wisdom and the peace to get through this. Yeah. See, there you go. I mean, you said it. <laughs> you said it. Because what do you do? You turn to the Lord. You know, it, it. there are times, you know, there's the saying that sometimes you get knocked flat on your back so you look up. You know, uh, you know? <laughs> so sometimes I think these things happen and remind us um, that, we have only to lean on the Lord and turn to Him, you know, in moments where we just are overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And you go, Lord, this is, you know, I need you. You know, I can't, I can't handle this without you. I need you to carry me through this. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, one of the, I wouldn't say one of the worst, but one of the, one of the most intense times this happened to me. Uh, uh, my brother and I were visiting our parents out in Florida, and uh, they were ret- my parents were retired. In fact, my mother was in the hospital at this point. She'd had suffered a heart problem. And uh, the day my brother is, is scheduled to go back to work, my dad is stricken ill, seriously ill. Wow. So Mike and I take him out of the hospital, and then we admit him into the hospital. Yeah. And my brother says, I can't stay any longer. I've got to get back to work. And I remember driving him down to the airport. Both my parents are in the hospital, and I'm. Mike wanders off into the airport, and I just panicked. I said, "Wow, now I'm alone. <laughs> I'm really alone. I can't do, do this." this. And I'm just thinking yes. for about thirty seconds. Yeah. And then I said, yeah, I can't, because I have to, and I know that I'll be given the strength. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. You're like, you feel you're alone, and you realize, no, but I'm not really alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord is with me, you know, and uh, uh, he's always with us, you know, and uh, we are surprised sometimes that he gives us the strength to get through certain things. You know, how did I get through this? You know, um, but the Lord gives us the strength we need, the calm strength, I like to call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's part of it. You just sit calm down. Yes, yes. And you ask the Lord to give you that peace. Yes, yeah, that you need. And that's, you know, we need his peace, you know. Um, you know, a lot of uh, pastors end their sermons by talking about May the peace that passes all oh, human understanding yeah. Yeah. keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And you go, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like, life is not is not smooth sailing. Life's, this is not a rehearsal. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't yeah. get to do a makeover. No, on this no, thing. you don't get to do a retake. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you wish you could sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, believe me, I've often wondered, you know, my life should have a reset button. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's we're, we're going to be facing things that we don't expect all throughout life. Uh, yeah. Most of them are relatively trivial. Some, some are not. No. And sometimes a bunch of trivial things hit you at once. Yeah. And throws you completely off track. And... Uh, like I said, in my case, I started making mistakes that a rookie wouldn't make in this business. Wow. <laughs> just because you're just overwhelmed. Yeah. 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 Another thing, too, that, you know, I have found is um, if if those three T's are mismanaged. Okay. It can sometimes cause 
anxiety. I don't know if you if you have experienced that. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know where oh, yeah. if you if you didn't use your time well enough, um, you you go through this period of anxiety because you know you should be at this point and you're not, and you're playing catch up. Mm-hmm. You know you you're really trying to catch up um, because you didn't use your time well enough. Um, God gave you the time, to, you know. You just didn't use it. You just you know, squandered it, (laughs) you know, um, and I have been through times when I have just felt anxious. Um, like, uh, I remember just being in high school and, uh, not taking it seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, goofing off a lot. And at the end of every school year was when I would just feel anxious because you look and you realize I have spent the whole year goofing off and I have nothing to show for it. And you're nothing. going into final week and, and you have yeah, yeah, you yeah, you have nothing to show for the year. And you because you goofed off. Yeah. And uh, the I felt it every year and the, when I really felt it was when I went to college and I realized wait a minute. Now I'm going to have to work twice as hard mm-hmm. as my classmates just to catch up well i um i uh, dropped out of college at the end of my junior year uh-huh. uh basically because i goofed off <laughs> you know high school was great for me i had no problems just breezed right through it i hit college and for whatever reason i just started to let it go and yeah. enjoyed myself too much and i remember the school giving me the option of uh, i could come back from my senior year but be on probation <laughs> or i could withdraw and uh-huh. still be in good standing on my transcript which uh-huh. would really help if i ever try to re-enter any and for to another school uh-huh. and uh well you know i i did exactly the same thing and i to this day i still kick myself because i had such a wonderful Wonderful educational opportunity there, and I exactly. literally threw it away. Exactly, because I misused the time. I misused the. That's what I'm talking about. Because I still remember sitting in, um, in my Greek class, and uh, the professor said, uh, "Well, tomorrow we're gonna be looking at the auditory subjunctive." And I started to panic. I go, I don't even know what that is in English. And this professor expects me to know what this is by tomorrow in Greek. <laughs> and you start panicking, you start panicking, you know. And then after you go home and you study, you realize, wait a second. I'm learning English from learning Greek, you know. But the panic, you know, the anxiety that sets in and you start panicking because, you know, you didn't use that time yeah. To do what you were supposed to do. And so now you are so behind mm-hmm. and it create anxiety. You know, it, that those are the things that, you, you know, you can't just misuse the time that God has given you, you know, <laughs> and you can't misuse the talent, the potential right. um, that he has given you too, because then you can re- you realize that, wait a minute, I could be at this level in my life. But I am not because I didn't use the time or my talent, you know, the way God um, wanted me to use it. I didn't use it, you know. And so um, and then the treasures is another one. Think of what happened to people who squandered their money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then, you know, you still have your bills to pay. You know, I've known a couple of men that um, would get pay. 
and then they would go and gamble their money at the racetrack and mm. you know maybe buy a bottle of vodka and he's drinking himself now to nothing because when I go home what am I going to tell the wife you know we still have these bills to pay mm -hmm. what am I going to tell her <laughs> so you know they, the anxiety sets in why because you didn't use your God-given treasure the way you were supposed to use it you know so I think these three T's um, mm -hmm. are, are so crucial um, in our Christian life you know that we make sure we use them the way God wants us to use them you know manage be good stewards of the the things that God has given us to mm -hmm. be good stewards of well it's you know and part of it is uh, you know you don't really know as you're growing up oh, no. I didn't yeah uh, you know, and one of the things that I enjoyed about school uh, was things that it taught me about myself. Yeah. Uh, uh, that I, well, for example, I learned that I love research. Ah. I really enjoy researching. I, and I found out I have a, a, a bit of a talent for languages. Wow. And uh, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> wasn't sure what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of it, you know, and, and God will guide. He'll he'll reveal things to you and, and let you know what goes on. Uh, you know, God gave me uh, the ability to speak on the radio. I've, you know, I've, I've got what they call a radio voice, okay? Uh, okay, good. good. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. you, you do. <laughs> you ought to have heard my dad. He, makes me, he made me sound like a falsetto. <laughs> oh, when he spoke, the room rumbled. Uh, but... You know, I, I was given that voice. I was given the, uh, I love radio here. I love punching the buttons and doing the stuff. But I never quite figured out what to do with it. Uh, and so I, I spent most of my career as a radio journalist. And uh, I, I do have a degree in journalism. So I went I out back in the golden days when news talk radio was a big thing. You know, I was, yeah. I was doing that. But I think it was all setting me up for what I'm doing now. Yes. Yes. Because, yeah. yeah, you realize, too, sometimes that um, the Lord is training you mm. for something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just, it, when, I, when I was working in commercial radio, you know, I, I, I got a lot of satisfaction from that. But you know what? Bottom line, and I was aware of it at the time, yeah. bottom line is all I'm doing is trying to get enough listeners so my boss can raise his ad rates and make money for the company. Uh-huh. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. That's capitalism. I understand that. <laughs> but what I'm doing here... Yeah, it's a lot more satisfying. And more important. Yes, yes. You know, I, I used to hear about pastors putting in so many hours a week. And I go, how could they do that? And uh, I find myself doing it and not feeling it. Mm -hmm. You know, because you realize... I love what I'm doing. This is what the Lord has prepared me for. And so I can just use all my time for it and uh, not feel like too exhausted. You know, you just <laughs> or you overwhelmed. Get, yeah, or, or overwhelmed. You just do it because, you know, this is what the Lord has um, called you to do. And uh, you can put a lot of time into it and, and it doesn't even feel like work sometimes. I remember one time talking to this. Um, thriving rep and he says um, well when do you think you would uh, uh, retire and I go <laughs> retire from what 
And he says, from work. I go, it's not work. <laughs> you know, like, go, you're just going to keep going? So yeah, I'll just keep going until my health say it's time to quit. You know, I'm not going to put a date on it and go, oh, well, when I'm 65 or when I'm 70, you, you just go until your health says you can't do this anymore. Uh, that would be the Lord's way of saying, yeah. I think you should quit now. <laughs> you know? Shall I pry my microphone from my cold dead the hands? Dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, you know, when I started at, uh, at St. James, uh, uh, the members would say to me, you've got big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. In the in the seventy plus years, we've only had uh, two pastors, and one actually died in office. Um, he was he had been there for like over forty years, and uh, went to see a homebound member and passed away at, at, uh, at when he went to see this person, and then the one that came after me was there for um, almost thirty years. Uh, came before me was um, there for almost thirty years. So, you know, I think there are a lot of pastors that have done what I'm doing, just kept going um, because uh, this is the Lord's time. <laughs> well, I was just thinking what you said about the first pastor who who, who passed away while visiting uh, an the home, um, yeah, doing God's will, doing doing yes, the work, yes. Yeah, you know, well, what um, an honor to to go away. That way. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So you realize you do. You know, you you. It's his time. You know. Yeah. It's his time, and uh, you just do it. And and it is so. You're right. It is so satisfying that uh, you realize that the Lord has trained you all along just to do this. You know, He was training you for this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he trained Abraham to trust him, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I haven't had to do that. No, no. <laughs> that was quite a training. Wasn't it, though? That was quite a training to train him to just trust him. Oh. And then he goes, now, this is how far you have come. Let me show you. <laughs> you know? Well, Pastor, we've come to the halfway point here, and I've got to take a break. But, boy, we've got a lot to talk about. Oh, good. Good. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 states, If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. Find this true wisdom in Christ on Sharper Iron every weekday morning at 8 a.m. here on Worldwide KFUO. Sharpen the iron of your faith together with two pastors as they take up the sword of the Spirit to proclaim the gifts of Christ crucified and risen for you. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance here on Worldwide KFUO. Coming up this Saturday and Sunday morning on MOA Weekend, I'm going to be sharing some thoughts and applications about Jesus' parable of the sower. There were four kinds of soil. Which of those kinds most accurately describes you today? I'll talk about Jesus' explanation of the parable this Saturday and Sunday morning at 7.45 a.m. Central, right here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. 
LCMS Disaster Response gathers once a year to learn best practices on how to do mercy and respond to natural disasters. We're inviting you to get involved in the conversation. Join us at Concordia Seminary St. Louis from October 2nd through the 4th to hear from pastors, experienced disaster responders, and disaster victims as they share their wisdom and experience from the field. Registration, including meals, is just $50, but seats are limited. For more information, go to lcms.org disaster. That's lcms.org disaster. Friday on Issues Etc. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. We'll have Chris Rosebro answer the question, does the Bible teach that Christians can time travel? We'll discuss a new study disproving a gay gene with Dr. Jennifer Roback Morse, and we'll play Issues Etc. Soundbite of the Week. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Before Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, there was an earlier defender of the galaxies. Galileo, a pioneer of the telescope, was a renowned scientist and devout Christian. He spent much of his life defending the idea that the sun was at the center of the universe. However, the church in the early 1600s firmly believed the Bible taught that the earth was the center of the universe. The Roman Inquisition ruled against his scientific method, and Galileo refused to recant. He believed that science could aid in the study of the Bible. In 1633, at the age of 70, he was put under house arrest until his death nine years later. Galileo quoted an early Christian theologian contending, God is known by nature in his works and by doctrine in his revealed word. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. We're in the second half of the show. I'm program host Chip Allen, and my guest pastor today is Pastor William Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. We are talking about what happens when you are overwhelmed. How do you respond? How does a Christian respond? What does it mean? What is God telling you when you get overwhelmed? Now, if you have any comments or thoughts on the issue, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at letstalk at kfuo.org, or you can call. If you're in the St. Louis area, including Metro East, it's 314-821-0850. Or if you're in the lower 48 states, anywhere, toll-free, 1-800-730-2727. Well, Pastor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get overwhelmed. Yes, yes, we do, we do. And, you know, I, I like what you were talking about just before the break about the three T's. Yeah. Time. Talent, talent and, treasure. and treasure. Yeah. And these are the things that hit you. Yes. Yes. And if you don't use them properly. Yeah. Um, they come back to bite you mm -hmm. <laughs> in a worse way. <laughs> yeah. That really does. Yeah. And then there's always the unexpected, which will always, always happen. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, you know, they, they, you know, unfortunately, you're right. You know, you have these unexpected um, events that will just pop up and uh, um, demand your time, mm -hmm. your talent, and sometimes even your treasure. Um, but then, you know, again, we remember that these really all belong to the Lord and not to us. Yeah. But still, we have to cope with it. But, you know, it's I, get, I like the idea that, that, that prayer really does help. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, time for prayer is, uh, 
you know, I think sometimes we don't pray enough. <laughs> you know, that was one of the things that I admired about my mother. She was uh, a prayer warrior. They could, they used to refer to them as, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, prayer warrior. Everything they they take it to the Lord in prayer. And uh, you know, as a young man, you go, well, you know, what is that gonna do? And as you grow um, older, you realize, wow, you know, um, there is some wisdom there. You know, there is some wisdom in in stopping to to pray. I remember my mother once told me. She said um, when she when she was a little girl, she she didn't like that part of the Lord's prayer where He said. Um, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. She didn't like that part, thy will be done. She goes, boy, that sounds like God is going to do things his way rather than my way. Uh-huh. And I, I don't want him to do it his way. I want him to do it my way. And uh, after she grew up and grew in her faith and in little wisdom here, <laughs> she realized, wait a minute, you know what? I actually want the Lord to do it his way. Because his way is better than my way. You know? <laughs> his way is always better than my way, you know? Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, he can see the whole plain field. I can barely see around the corner. And, uh, you know, so she learned to appreciate that a little bit better as she grew up and started to become a prayer warrior. And so she would just take everything to the Lord in prayer. All her anxiety, she would just cast it on him, knowing that he cares for her. And I think sometimes, you know, we as Christians feel like, no, we've got to handle it. Mm. You know, I've got to handle this, especially us men. (laughs) I think sometimes us men like to, you know, be in control. You know, I can handle things. And uh, And you realize you And you realize, no, you can't handle everything. You know, you just can't. Well, one of the advantages of uh, taking that time to pray is it gives you a moment to sit and reflect on what you really want and what you really think that you need. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah and, or to ask God. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. What yeah. is it that I should be doing? Yeah. You know, I may, I may want to do this or I may want to do that, but what is it that you would have me do? Right. And, yeah. And sometimes, you know... It, it, it may come to you, it may not come to you, yeah. or it may just be that you're sitting here and all of a sudden you'll realize, well, maybe if I do it this way. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and yeah, that, that's, that's him talking to you. Yeah, yeah. The Lord speaks to us through his word and we speak back to him in prayer and it's amazing what he tells us, <laughs> you know, through his word. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the prophet Isaiah um, the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah once, before they call, I will answer. And while they are speaking, I will hear. That was one of my mother's favorite line too. She go, wait a minute. You mean even before I called upon him, he answered? <laughs> and while I'm speaking, he's, he's going to listen, you know? And she said, well, if that's the kind of Lord we have, why, why aren't we praying more? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I knew you when you were in the womb. Yeah. Yeah. I knit you together in that womb, you know? And you go, you know, yeah, we should really spend more time in prayer, you know? What does the Bible say about this? About? About prayer and about, 
asking for for help when when it's needed yeah um you know the you know a lot of the psalms you know are both hymns and prayers mm. and that uh, you can hear even in the psalms sometimes the psalmist is pouring out his heart to the lord bringing his trouble to um before the lord and said this is what i'm going through in fact um there is uh, one of the kings in the old testament who was overwhelmed when the army is coming against him. And he just took it before the Lord and go, don't you see what is happening? And then the Lord sent a prophet to him and go, don't worry, I'll take care of it, you know. But to him, it's like, you know, I can't handle this. You know, I am overwhelmed here. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the prophet came to him, said, the Lord will take care of it. Don't worry, you know. Um, but that's how we are, you know, especially, like I say, as men, the ones who are um, responsible for things, responsible for people. Um, we uh, want to be able to handle everything. And I think we should realize that there are times when, especially because of the responsibility that is placed upon us, mm -hmm. that we are the ones that need to really go to the Lord in prayer and go, um, do like Solomon, you know? I can't do this unless you give me the wisdom. I can't do this. You know, you've put me in a position where there's, I can't do this without you or without the wisdom that comes from you. And I thought, well, okay, I'll just make you the wisest man. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that, and look, pastors have an, have an enormous responsibility, the responsibility of God's flock. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes we always like to say, you know, my church, my congregation, and, you know, we should be careful because it's not my church, it's not my congregation, you know, it's it's the God, it's God's flock, you know, it's his flock, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, he has put you in charge, he give you, you know, this responsibility, and you can't really carry out that responsibility um, without him, without his guidance, without his strength, without his wisdom, and uh, especially as pastors, you really need to stop and go to the Lord in prayer. Wasn't that the sin of Moses? That he was thinking that he knew what was best for the tribe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, I mean, you could see where sometimes, you know, he's angry. He's overwhelmed, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, those are the times when, you know, the Lord would just step in and, you know, said, look, you know, your your patience is running out, but I'm still patient yeah. here. <laughs> you know? But he also punished Moses by not letting yes. him enter into the Holy yes. Land. Yes, yes. And yeah, if we if we wanna take things out of his hands into into our hands, uh -huh. um, the result will be disastrous. It will be disastrous. I think prayer reminds us that everything is really in his hands. It's uh it's humbling, you know. There's something humbling about confession, absolution, and prayer. It, it, there's something humbling about it. Uh, I was saying the other day, um, even in church, that, you know, when we, when we confess our sins, notice I turn my back to you, mm -hmm. and I'm facing the altar. You know why? Because you're a sinner like Because us. I'm a sinner like you, and yeah. I'm confessing my sin too, yeah. you know? And that absolution that I'm pronouncing, it's not just for you. It's for me, mm -hmm. you know, 
um, I'm just as unworthy, just as wretched as anyone else, you know, and uh, I need that forgiveness. I need that absolution. In fact, you know, a lot of us, we, we like circuit meetings for that reason. Because when all the brothers gather at, you know, at one of the churches in the circuit, when we gather at one of them for circuit meeting, uh, we're not always the host. You know, the pastor of that church, he's the host. Mm -hmm. And he is the one, you know, leading the service. He is the one pronouncing absolution. He is the one communing us, you know. And uh, it, it gives you that time to to change roles a little bit, you know. Yes, I am the pastor of St. James, but I'm here at circuit meeting as like a, a parishioner, just another sheep. You know? <laughs> and it's, 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 it's refreshing. It's refreshing, you know, to, to go to circuit meetings and hear the word preached to you and have uh, um, absolution pronounced on you and to have another brother pastor commune you. I remember once um, in church, I'm um, at St. James, and uh, this colleague of mine from Michigan came to visit. I don't know if you were there that Sunday. Um, Pastor Paul Monson um, was in town for his um, his son was getting into the army, and he was in town and just decided to stop by. And I was glad to see him. I hadn't seen him since seminary. Mm -hmm. And they came by and... Uh, um, it was good to have him there because he came up with his wife for communion. And I could say to him, Paul, stay, don't leave. And uh, just switch roles for a minute and have him commune me, you oh. know. And it was like, this is good, you know, to have the role re reversed a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, you need that. Uh, it's humbling and it's a reminding that you need the Lord in order to carry out that heavy responsibility that he has placed upon you. But that's not only as pastors of of a congregation. I think it's in every calling. It's in your calling as a husband. Oh, yeah. You know, it is in your calling as the radio host there, you know. Um, there's a responsibility placed upon you and boy, you can't carry it out well or in a God-pleasing way without first humbling yourself and going to the Lord in prayer and realize, Lord, I can't do this really without you. I can't do it in the God-pleasing way I'm supposed to do it unless you are with me, guiding other, me. Because otherwise we, we misuse the three T's. Yes, or else you're going to misuse it. Yes, you're going to yeah. try to use it. For, for our purpose, yes, not for, for God's. Not for God's purpose, for your own purpose. And mm -hmm. is that what God has put you here to do? To do it for your purpose or uh, for his? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, the, the, you know, the need for prayer. If we realize, if we stop to ponder the heavy responsibilities um, that the Lord has placed upon us, and the stewardship, you know, that we are managers of these things, not owners, but managers. Yeah. That's a, a vital thing for people to realize. And I think most of us, at one time or another, forget that. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That everything here is, it's just being loaned to us. Right. I, I what, For example, um, I have uh, signed up as, a, uh, as an organ donor. Uh-huh. My 
theory on this is, you know, my body's not my own. Right, right, <laughs> right. And God is loaning it to me, and once yes. my soul leaves it, yes, if my body can be used to help another person. Of course, of course. If somebody can benefit from my heart, my lungs, my liver, you name yeah. it. Um, well, in the resurrection of the body, you get it all back. Right. Better than, than it is now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've abused my liver over the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, but a little too fond of rich food and uh, beer. You know? uh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> who, who hasn't? <laughs> but you realize that, yeah, it's even your body, it's not yours. Oh, you yeah. Know? And uh, uh, even St. Paul says we should honor the Lord with our bodies, you know? Um, you can't even use it for things like sexual immorality or whatever, you know. You've got to honor him with that because you're just the manager of it too, you know. Mm -hmm. God owns it all. Everything belongs to him. Um, so even the body, yeah, don't just... And you see, oh, look at how people treat their bodies sometimes. They treat it like it's theirs to do it as they please. Oh, yeah. I, I'm ashamed to admit at one point in my life I was a heavy smoker. Yeah, see? Yeah. yeah I had a yeah. two-pack-a-day habit for 20 years. For 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th those are the things that I think my mother was glad to break away from. Mm. She was glad to break away from both the drinking and the smoking. You know? Yeah. Um, and she had to pray about those things, too. Oh, yeah. She uh, had to one pray. One of the hardest things I ever did in my life was, yeah. was quitting smoking. Ah. Uh, yeah, I can imagine, yeah. Just, uh, I quit cold turkey one day, and I just, oh. Oh. Yeah. oh, she used to come and visit me when I was at the seminary. And uh, when she would come and visit, you know, we would always bring out the ashtray, you know, because mm -hmm. we know she's uh, a smoker. And one day she came to visit, and we brought out the ashtray. An hour went by, there was nothing in there. <laughs> Two hours went by. Three hours. I said, Mom, what the hash, the ashtray is here. And she just looked at us and laughed. You know? I, was like, I don't do that anymore. Ah. What? 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 <laughs> so, you know, she really was able to break free from those things that uh, she felt just shackled her, yeah. you know? Um, you know, as if it, as if that owned her. You know, she realized, mm -hmm. no, this, this body of mine belonged to the Lord. Yeah. Well, my, my late wife um, was a heavy smoker. In fact, that's what killed her eventually, mm. uh, COPD. Yeah. But she was smoking up until the week before she died. Oh, wow. And it was, you know, she literally, in in my view, she literally loved tobacco more than she loved her own life. Her own life. Yeah, it's, amaz it's amazing how these things can just come in and take control. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Know? take control of our lives and uh you know um i was glad when my mother was able to break free from it mm -hmm. you know because it's again you know we are stewards we need to see ourselves as stewards even of our bodies and we should never just abuse the body or anything that the lord has put us in charge of I know sometimes they think I'm too much of a health fanatic, but, you know, <laughs> look, <laughs> you know, um, if the Lord has blessed me with it, one of the way I say thank you is by taking good care of it, you know. That's the way we thank the Lord, you know. You thank him by 
taking care of the people and the things that he has blessed you with. You know, because if, I mean, think about it. If you really stop to think about it, um, if the Lord has blessed me with a wife, how can I thank him? You don't thank him by abusing the wife or getting well, divorced. The best husband you can. You want to be the best husband you can. That's how you thank him. You know, um, if the Lord bless you with children, how do you thank him? Being the best By father. trying to be the best father you can. You know, realizing that, Really, these are not your children. These are his. Well, it gets right back to what we're talking about with being overwhelmed. Yes. Yeah, yeah the responsibility. If you yeah. look at the responsibility yeah. placed upon you. I'm about to become a husband. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm about to become a father. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It, it, those are, yeah, those can be overwhelming. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, again, that's where the prayer is needed. Yeah. Boy, I mean, those are the big things in your life. Yeah. You know? Oh, I got to tell you this one. Yeah. Um, when I was in college and uh, my my wife was um, pregnant with our last child. Mm -hmm. And it was final week. Oops. Yeah. And uh, I was getting ready for this um, epistle of Paul final exam. And so I was going to go up to the college, which was about 45 minutes away, to study with some of my classmates for this exam. So I, I gave her a number where she could reach me and said, um, yeah, this is where you can reach me in case, but, you know, don't, don't call, okay? <laughs> so I'm up at the college studying with these guys, and uh, here comes the phone call. I think the baby's going to be born tonight. And he goes, but I have the exam in the morning. <laughs> I have the epistle of Paul exam in the morning. He says, um, the baby's going to be... I go, you mean I'm going to be in the hospital all night tonight? Oh, gee. And that's how the, that's how the night went. Oh. So I remember calling my professor the next morning and saying, you know, Prof. Beckler, I don't think I can make the exam. My wife had a baby last night. And he goes, um, well, aren't you original? <laughs> At least everybody else claimed to be sick. You know, the dog at my homework or something like that. Your wife had a baby. You know? <laughs> I mean, he gave me the time. He said, okay, oh. I'll give you some time. But uh, it just goes to show you, you know, that is your time really yours, you know? <laughs> um, so that was uh, my time just went somewhere else that night. Yeah, God was playing a trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one is more important? Yeah, right. <laughs> As we said, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Yes, yes, and then oh. he'll show you. Then he'll show you his. Yeah. Oh, so you think you're going to be taking this exam tomorrow, huh? <laughs> well, guess what, Dad? Yeah, right. <laughs> that was something. Else. We still talk. We still laugh about that even to this day. You know. Oh, uh, we still laugh about. Um, you know, being in the hospital that night, it's it's, a, it's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, hospitals are a good place to meet God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, I've been blessed with good health most of my life, although I've had a couple heart blips. Uh, um, and uh, that's something where, you know, I knew, I knew God was there. Ah, uh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. I just... 
And, you know, that was, you know, it's, it's where we talked about prayer, you know, when you're overwhelmed. Believe me, you're overwhelmed when you're in an intensive care unit. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. yes, yes. Uh, uh, but that was calm for me. Wow. Because I knew I was being looked after. You were in his hands. I was in his hands, not yeah, mine. Not yours, yeah. And, you know, his will was going to be done. And right. whatever it was was going to be right. Y- yes, yes. You know, St. Paul said, you know. Um, it's good for me to be here so that you can benefit. But uh, if the Lord takes me, that's also good. <laughs> Either way, you take it, whether I live or die. Yeah, it's you know, uh, there's no losing here. You know, if I'm in Christ, I can't lose. Oh, that's what I was thinking. You know, yeah. uh, you know, if if I live, yeah. fine. You know, I'm going back to my family, my friends, my yeah. job. If I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. How am I going to lose? Oh, you can't lose. No, you can't lose. <laughs> Because ultimately you're on his time. Yeah, that's right, and that's part of the, this overwhelming thing. Is you realize this is his this time. This is his time. Yes, it's his time. All our time belongs to him, not us. Yeah, and you have to ask for his advice. Yeah, his guidance, his mm-hmm. direction, his wisdom, his strength. Yeah, because you don't have it yourself. No, no, no. Yeah, you may think you do, but. <laughs> But really, just to get down there and say, Lord, I can't handle this by myself. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, we, the the humbling of ourselves is uh, is what is sometimes mm-hmm. hard for us. Yeah, because we're, we're making ourselves supremely vulnerable and open, which yes. goes against every male instinct uh, yeah, we have. Yeah, men don't like to humble themselves, but boy, we sure need it. Oh, yeah. We sure need it. And I think sometimes the good Lord humble us just just to show us. <laughs> yeah, just to let us know. To let us know. <laughs> okay. well, Pastor Lawrence, we're coming into the last minute of the program. Any, uh, any final thoughts? Final thoughts, yeah. I would go back to the, the, the three T's. Okay. And talk about time, talent, treasures, and uh, how important it is that we use all of them not to serve self, but to serve the Lord. To serve the Lord, even with our treasures. We love to serve ourselves with our treasures. Um, but we should be serving even the Lord with those things also. And as you pointed out, the three T's, the time, the yeah. talent, Ta- and the treasure, and tre- yeah. we're simply the stewards of it. Stewards. We do not own these we things. We don't own these things. And... Uh, the Lord expects us to use them in a manner that is pleasing, pleasing to, him. to Him. Yes, and that's one of the things where we have to ask for guidance. Yes, yes, yes. And one of the reasons why we should attend church. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm ashamed to say, in this last couple of sessions, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm so embarrassed about that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I've been listening to Let's Talk the Pastors in, and Pastor Wayne Lawrence, who is my pastor, and I apologize for missing the last two. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so if you have any any comments, any thoughts, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. This is your program, not ours. We're taking care of it for God. listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue.
To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.